tradition that I say Christ is risen. I'll oh, try that again. Christ is risen. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure we get that tradition right. Please join me in your red hymnal to number 549, and we'll begin by singing the doxology, number 549.
worship is hymn number 694. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 300, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Number 300, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Gracious God, 
It is so good that we can come and worship you here on this Easter Sunday morning. We do not take for granted the sacrifice that you have made for each and every one of us by your death, your crucifixion. But Lord, more importantly, we are here to celebrate and to honor the empty tomb and your resurrection. For it is what we believe in, all of us have, as we partake and understand our desires to be with you, Lord, in every day of our lives. And God, as we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives, Lord, we are just so thankful that we can come to you and pray on this Easter Sunday morning. And we do so out of desire to have a better understanding of our relationship with you in our prayers. And God, also to have a better understanding of our relationship that you want us to have with each other. Lord, we know that you hear our prayers and all of our imperfections in terms of who we are, but God, you still love us. And it is with those challenges that we come before you, the needs that we have. But Lord, we not only think of our own needs, but we think of the needs of others, of family members, of friends, of patients throughout this medical center, of the staff that is visiting, of working here today and the family members that will be visiting. Lord, I would just ask that you would hear those prayers as well. And God, collectively, as we come before you as an act of worship, that you will hear our intentions in our prayers and what we truly mean and what we truly care about and what we truly need. Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is number 298, Were You There? Number 298, Were You There?
first and it's were you there when he rose up from the grave chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Let us pray. Our gracious God, God, we just sense your love this morning as we come and worship. And Lord, it is in that presence, it is in that desire that we want to love you more and more. And we want to love each other more and more. And God, I would ask that you would help me to consider that in our everyday lives, to wrap ourselves around your concept of love for us as we share it with others. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. You know, it is difficult at times on Easter Sunday morning to come up with a sermon that is something different, but yet maintains the tradition in terms of what we celebrate the actual resurrection of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb. And as I was thinking about it this week in terms of how I could approach this subject and idea, it didn't really happen to me in terms of what I was actually going to begin with until yesterday evening. And I was watching some things on television as we celebrate Easter and there's a variety of things that is there for us, for us to view And of course, one of my traditional ones that just happened to be on, I was flipping through the channels. I'm a channel flipper. You know that? When you got the remote control in your hand, right, it's the scepter, and you sit in the the throne, and you're the king, and you control the television set. And so you understand what I'm talking about, right? So I was just flipping through the channels, and there, lo and behold, was the Ten Commandments, the movie, The Ten Commandments. And I actually remarked to Lynn, hey, look what's on, the Ten Commandments. 
So we actually sat and watched it yesterday evening before it was time for me to go to bed because I go to bed earlier than I used to. And, uh, and so as we were watching it, Lynn was busy doing the things that she wanted to do. And as I was reflecting on the Ten Commandments, it reminded me on when I first saw the Ten Commandments. And it was in a drive-in theater. Does anybody remember what a drive-in theater is or was? All right. So there was a church in the area where we lived, uh, just outside of Columbus, Ohio, where I was living as a, a young man. I was probably no more than seven or eight years old. And every Saturday evening, they would rent the drive-in and they would show a motion picture that had something to do with faith, had something to do with belief, it had something to do with Christ. And one of the films that they would always show was The Ten Commandments. And I remember going there as a young, as a young man with my family because we kind of didn't go to movies. If you remember, if you grew up in that tradition, you kind of didn't do the, do the movie thing. But it was okay to go to the drive-in to watch a Christian picture or a picture about faith. And we watched the Ten Commandments on, on multiple occasions. And I was reflecting on that. And obviously being seven or eight years old is a long time ago for me. And last week we celebrated my 59th birthday, so it is a long time for me when I was seven and eight years old. But as I reflected on the Ten Commandments, and all of you can reflect on that if you think about the story of the Exodus and Moses and all those kind of cool things, so shall it be written, so shall it be done, you know, quotes from that movie. Some of you remember Okay, okay, <laughs> And as I was reflecting on the movie, one of the things that came to mind as Moses journeyed through the desert to get to where he needed to be, to begin his mission, to begin his task, to tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go from Egypt. He endured a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. In fact, earlier that day, I had put a little quote on my little devotional that I do on a, on a daily basis. And I actually said, when we have doubts about God, it is because of our own personal pain. So think about that for a minute. When we have doubts about God, it is about our own personal pain. Pain. Does that make sense to you? Because I was trying to put it in such a way where as I was reflecting upon it, and I think about the times in my life when I have doubts about God. It happens to me when I am reflecting on events in my life and dealing with my own personal pain. That I have doubts about God. So I was thinking perhaps, perhaps you do as well. That when you're dealing with your own personal pain and things that you've experienced in your life and trying to figure out that pain and the events that have taken place, that you have your doubts about God. And I would think that all of us, if we reflect upon it, that that statement would be true. Because I know it's true for me and I'm no different than any of you, so I'm making the assumption that it is true for you as well. 
But as we celebrate Easter Sunday morning and Christ rising from the grave, rising from the tomb, we also need to be reminded of the pain that he had, the pain that he experienced. Because his pain was no different than our pain. His life was no different than our lives in terms of dealing with the everyday challenges that you and I face in terms of our normal existence that we have. Dealing with people, dealing with relationships, struggling with all of those things. In fact, in all honesty, as we think about Christ's journey and as he is in Gethsemane and as he's praying, what is he praying about? He's asking God to help him because he knows he's going to be enduring pain and suffering and he does not want to do that. If it be possible, take this cup from me. I know that I've been finding myself in situations over the last couple of years where I have actually said, Lord, if it be possible... Take this cup from me. Because I don't want to deal with the pain. I don't want to deal with the hurt. Because I know it makes me at times doubt the whole existence and the relationship that I have with God. But yet it should not. We should have the confidence in our relationship with Christ. We should understand that in the nature of God, we put everything through faith. And that means our pain as well. One of the things I wanted to say this morning, and we talked about it last Sunday after service, that there is no judgment here. I am not here to judge anyone. Christ is not here to judge anyone. Christ did not come to judge, but he came to save. Those are the words in the scriptures, not me. And so on Easter Sunday morning when we come before God in all honesty in terms of who we are and all of our pain all of our hurt all of our suffering God says to each and every one of us in the presence of his Holy Spirit that he does not judge us he does not condemn us because if he did then we truly shouldn't be here on Easter Sunday morning. Because Christ's representation to us, his act of death, his act of crucifixion, his act of resurrection, and later on his ascension, means that you and I can partake of that relationship that God has always wanted us to have every day. It does not mean that we are going to have a pain-free day. What it does mean, it reminds us that we have a way in which we can deal with that pain. 
It's a reminder that there is a way that you and I can deal with the suffering that we are experiencing. The physical and the emotional pains that we have. The spiritual pains that we have. The achings, the longings in the depths of our soul that you and I have that we don't share with anyone else, that we don't confide in with anyone else. But God knows what they are. And for me, those longings many times are just so painful painful for me to experience. But yet God says in the same way that Jesus Christ rose from the tomb, rose from the grave, I can deal and transform those innermost parts of your being that is dealing with that pain, that is dealing with that suffering, and I can transform them. I can give you victory over them. I can give you peace over them. It does not mean that the memories or the thoughts of those events will disappear. But what God does tell us as we walk with Him in faith, as we allow the transformation process to continue with us every day and do not allow it to stop, allow it to continue to work itself, that transformation process as we take that one step at a time, those memories that we try to forget, those hurts that we try no longer to remember, they will fade away over time. But we need to make that attempt in faith to believe in what Christ has done for us. And we're not going to find relief from that pain that you and I truly understand what truly pain is. We're not going to find it in human philosophy. We're not going to find it in different types of traditions of things that are in and of this world. That transformation will only take place in a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it is a mystery of faith. I will have doubts about it at times. Why? Because I will be dealing with my own personal pain as I walk with God. And if you have the same struggle, if you're dealing with the same type of suffering, We just need to remind ourselves that within that suffering, you and I can have the victory that God wants us to have. Because of what Christ has done for us, we can have victory over those things. Just as God had victory over the suffering of His Son, Jesus Christ, so you you and I can have the glory of the suffering that we have had to endure in this life. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. But I want to tell you that that pain should give you the remembrance of what Christ 
did for us on the cross. That hurt should make you reflective as Christ has suffered for you. He can begin that healing process with you. He can deal with the healing process that you are suffering with that you need to have in your life. The transformation in terms of understanding what the Christ of the cross did for us, what the blood of the cross did for us, to understand that in that victory that you and I are one with God in all things. And God wants us to be complete in that process. But it is something that we need to be aware of on a daily basis to keep on working towards that. And we are going to continue to have doubts. But it's just a reminder that God wants to continue to work in that process with you. And that God wants to work in your life to begin that healing process of the various things that you might be struggling with, the pains and the memories of the past that you would like to have healed once and for all. But it is a process. And we know that when you come to know Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior and you have the forgiveness of sins, that is the beginning point. Your life with God through Jesus Christ does not end there. It begins there. It's more than just having a fire insurance policy. Okay, God, now I know I'm not going to go to hell. And I know that I'm going to have eternal life. Thank you very much. Now I can live the way that I want to live. It doesn't happen that way. Because what's going to happen if you live that way is you will continue to walk in your own personal pain and not fully experience the healing power that God wants you to have in the forgiveness of my sins and in the forgiveness of your sins. And there's nothing that the world can offer you to give you such a completeness. Because we go before God in all honesty, in terms of who we are, in terms of God's creation. And then we see, and then we begin to understand the fullness of God's love for us. We embrace that in spirit and in truth. And as we talked about what grace is, grace is that trophy that everybody gets Remember we shared that. The understanding of grace that it is for everybody. Everybody gets the trophy of grace from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we don't even have to participate. We just have to be willing to allow Christ to come into our lives. And then we see the fullness of God's love for us. And then we begin to see the power of God working in our lives in very special ways. Things that we never thought of before. And then we can truly understand what Christ's death represents to us. What Christ's resurrection means to us.
as we partake not only of eternal life, but of the eternal life that God wants us to have right now in the present. God wants you to have life to the fullest. Life to the fullest in such a way that you embrace the teachings of God. You embrace the teachings of Christ. You understand what the atonement for your sins means. You understand the relationship that God wants you to have. It will not be one of perfection. I will make mistakes today. I've already made mistakes this morning. But as we walk in that imperfection, we believe in the one that was perfect, who did not deserve the death of the cross for you or for me. The perfection that you and I partake of is through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it is in that perfection that you and I, with Christ, rise from the grave of our old nature of sin. Rise from the grave of our old nature of pain and in suffering. And we take on that new nature that God wants us to have every day. Today, he wants you to have that new nature. Today, he wants you to begin that process to deal with that pain. If you are doubting God this morning, then I would suggest to you that there's some personal pain that perhaps you need to confess before God so you can begin that healing process with him. That's a call that you have to make. That's a call that is something between you and God. There is no judgment here, and there is no judgment from Christ either, other than his love. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion as we come together and celebrate what Christ's death and what his resurrection truly means. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for your grace, for your truth in our lives. And Lord, we don't always get it right We are so flawed, but we thank you for not judging us, but continue in your love for us. Lord, I know that I deal with personal pain, and perhaps some others do here as well. Lord, I would just ask that you would help me deal with the personal pains that we are experiencing. And then when doubts occur about our relationship with you, God, it is a reminder that we just have some more work to do, but that your love is there for us in all of those circumstances to help us. Lord, I thank you that you provide that grace to us that everyone 
has it given to them through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen. unto you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. After supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 297, On a Hill Far Away.
Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this beautiful Easter Sunday morning that we can come and worship you as one family of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I would ask that you would bless each and every one that has made the effort to come to honor you this morning. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you.